if I let someone into my bank account, into my underwear drawer, physically space with that person, emotional intimacy, I, I want to be able to know that they will not exploit that access. Hi, I'm Deanna Robbins. And I'm Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast, where we explore all the pieces that make up a woman, mind, body, and soul. By embracing all complexities of being a woman, our goal is to share real stories that inspire growth and empower all women to be the best versions of themselves. And as Maya Angelou so eloquently said, when we know better, we do better. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Okay, we are back with Gabby Accord. So for those of you that may have missed our prior episode, Gabby is a couples and family relationship therapist. Uh, she's got her degree at BYU and um, she's located here in Salt Lake City, Utah. I've personally been able to work alongside Gabby with some of my own personal stuff regarding trauma, relationships, you name it. I think Gabby knows most everything about me <laughs> and my family, but we really wanted to spend this episode talking about marriage, infidelity, codependency, what she's seen and how she's guiding people through some of these things in their marriages. So Gabby, I know you are working with families and couples. What what would you say is probably the most challenging part of a relationship that you're that's coming to you right now as as you're working with couples? Not specifically trust really non-specifically. Okay. Specifically all the ways that lack of trust is interfering with our ability to then just be able to relax in our relationships and just accept people for who they are and what's, you know, and what they're going to do and, and how they're going to behave. But trust is huge. And if, if we're having a hard time having trust, then there's this kind of like balance of understanding your own fragility as a human being. Sometimes people are just lacking in trust, not for anything that's, you know, actually happened or, or anything that's going on in the current relationship, but they're carrying that lack of trust with them. And, and so that, that goes into every single relationship and a lack of trust creates a lack of trustworthiness and then vice versa. Right. So one of the things I I like to talk to people about is being aware of their own fragility, especially women. A lot of times women are in a situation where another person's behavior is, could be incredibly devastatingly disruptive to their safety, not just upsetting or hurtful, but actually disruptive to their safety. And a lot of women are in situations where they're not able to care for themselves necessarily. And so they are very, very hypervigilant and controlling of other people's behavior because I can't trust you. Right. So that's, that's the one side of it. If I'm fragile, I'm going to have this, codependent need. When you think of codependence, it's like 
it's not necessarily what it sounds like. It's a little bit of a misnomer. Codependence is managing something that's not managing itself. So sometimes we have people in our our lives who are not taking responsibility for their behavior. They're not taking responsibility for their emotions or, or how they treat people. And so everyone else is taking responsibility. We have this little game in our closet downstairs that drives me nuts called Don't Wake Daddy. Have you ever heard of that little kid game? No. Don't wake daddy. So it's this game. And, and, but the understanding behind it is like, daddy is somebody that needs to be managed. Isn't he? So we all have to be careful and not bother him because if he gets mad at all of us, then we'll all pay. Right. So codependence is managing something in the environment. That's not taking care of itself. We get that a lot when we have addiction in a situation, just because that person is unpredictably not themselves, right? So sometimes they are, they're, they're themselves, they show up, they're predictable, they are, they're safe. And then when they are altered, they're not. And so we get into this hypervigilant, like reading of the room, like, who is this person? How are they going to be? Am I safe? And then, then we learn to manage that safety. Like, oh, don't be too loud. Don't talk about this topic. Don't, you know, right. Somebody is not personally responsible for their own behavior. So everyone else is responsible. You can have that in a family dynamic or a couple dynamic, but you can also have it in a workplace dynamic where there's a boss or a manager who is flies off the handle and is not predictable and safe. So you get a codependent workplace dynamic where everybody's managing that person. And when I'm managing this person, I'm also managing you, right? Hey, why are you doing that? Right? So if we're in a family dynamic, mom is managing the kids, the kids are managing mom, the kids are managing each other in order to manage this one person that's not taking responsibility for their own behavior. Right. So relate to that. (laughs) So, so are you, okay. So you're saying that this can show up when a person is feeling unsafe and it could be just an emotional unsafe awareness that they have. And, and so this codependency can show up in their family dynamic or any relationship. Mm-hmm. And the key is differentiation, but you can't differentiate if you are, I, I use the, I use the analogy of being on your own boat. If you are on someone else's boat, you're not differentiated. And what I mean by that is like a lot of times in the culture that we're all in, women are encouraged to hop into someone else's boat. <laughs> We're encouraged not necessary to get our own education, our own career, our own standing, our own ability to take care of ourselves. We're encouraged to hop into someone else's boat. So when you do that, you can't really differentiate, right? It's almost impossible to set boundaries on someone else's boat. So you end up controlling, Hey, don't go there. Oh, don't do that. Don't turn that way. Don't turn that way. Oh, everybody be quiet. We end up controlling the environment, but if you have your own boat, (laughs) if you take the time to have your own stability, so we're all just floating together. We're not on each other's right. Then it's easier to set boundaries. You can say, Hey, I'm not going that direction. If that's the direction you still want to go, you know, I, I can't make you not go that direction, but I can also just go my own direction. Right. So differentiation is the key. And sometimes we don't allow our kids to differentiate. We don't allow our spouses to differentiate, to have their own thing. 
no, we're all in this boat together. And you'll hear family say it. Don't, you know, you, we're in this ship together or we are in this boat together and you can't leave. Right. So. Okay. So when, if we're talking about a couple that has been together, you know, I'm just going to say 10, 15 years in a relationship, things have gone well. Um, for the most part, you know, they've, they've got the, the kids are doing well, the, the relationship is doing well, but something comes up that brings to light this codependency that you're talking about. One of them com- realizes something's going on. One of them starts to feel like maybe it's not working. And, and you, and someone shows up to you, Gabby, it's the wife, it's the husband. And, and maybe it's, you know, I'm going to go extreme here. Maybe something has happened to break the trust, like an, like a, a thing, not just, we've been talking about codependency a little bit, but something has happened to, to break the trust as you're working with this person or listening and holding space to them, holding space for them. Does it involve going deeper into them as a person so that then you're not necessarily focusing on the thing you're allowing them to be able to do some, as we talked about in the other episodes, self-awareness that helps them maybe to bring that, that thing to play. And maybe we just look for, to bring it to light. We're talking about infidelity. There's infidelity in the marriage. What is the approach to, to working with that person as they're trying to figure out their marriage? So, oh gosh, this of course is a hard one for, for, (laughs) because like we want to be able to be confident, differentiated human beings that feel really good and accepting of who we are and that we are allowing the people around us to be who they're going to be. Right. We're not, we're not managing everyone. That's, that's that differentiated space. But because of that, there's inherent risk when we're not controlling people, they are going to do what they're going to do. And I, I would like to posit that in a, a relationship where, where it is interdependent and, and it is less codependent, that um, the the boundaries might be a little clearer. There'll be less control and more boundaries. So you're just communicating this idea that this is who I'm going to show up as in this relationship. This is what fidelity looks like to me. I'm not going to manage you. I'm not going to check you. I'm not. I'm going to trust you. A hundred percent. I'm just going to trust you because I don't want to live in this hypervigilant space. And I want to be a trusting person. That's who I want to be. I want to be someone who can trust. If someone betrays that trust, we we start to feel like it's our fault because we didn't manage them or, or supervise them well enough. Right. But the reality is trusting someone is never the wrong choice. Right. But, especially your primary person in your life, trusting them that of course you want to trust them, knowing full well, they could betray that trust. You still want to be able to trust them, right? If you are with someone that you can't trust unless you're managing them and and supervising them, then you are definitely not with someone. you, You shouldn't be with that person. If the only way they behave themselves is if you supervise them, you need to let that person go. Because I don't want to become the kind of person who is monitoring and distrusting someone. So I want to have people in my lives that for the most part are trustworthy, right? 
So when a person comes in and they're upset about a betrayal, if it, if it hasn't happened yet, I have a lot of people are just really, really nervous or, you know, paranoid or, you know, what if, what if, what if, right? You almost introduce that energy into the relationship when you have that, because now you've brought something. I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody who's jealous and is constantly accusing you of doing things or whatever. Now you've brought that into the relationship. Well, I wasn't thinking about being unfaithful, but now that's all I can think about because that's all you talk about. So now the energy's there a little bit, right? Yeah. So, so one one part of it is just helping that person recognize how to regulate and become a trusting person. I think that's what we all want to be. And then when someone does betray that trust, <laughs> the, the, the questions are, is this someone now that I can learn to trust again? Or is this someone that in order to be in a relationship with them, I have to monitor them? That's the only way. That's codependence. Codependence is, and they will tell you, well, can you just check my phone and make sure and maybe you need to like have the password so that I don't, whatever, right? No. that's codependence because not only does that make you feel responsible for their behavior, it makes them think you're responsible for their behavior. Oh, wow. Yeah. So helping the person get to that place to where they're in their own ship boat, Mm -hmm. coaching them through that and being able to, to work through that because maybe they have coming from that codependency place where they've been constantly managing and now they've, you know, They've got the awareness that the only way for them to move forward in a healthier way is to start to identify these boundaries, less codependency. What does that look like? I mean, what is that? That process seems almost like not, there's no light because it's because you've lived so many years with that. I don't, I don't want to say behavior, but practice. And now you're saying, oh, we've got, we need to come out of that pattern what does that look like? I mean, that's, that seems daunting. Yeah. I, I, it just depends on where you are. Like if you're someone that has, doesn't have a way of taking care of yourself, right. That's, I mean, systemically as a society, that's a huge issue. You know, I have three daughters. There's no way I want them having the message that somebody else will take care of you. Yes. Right. That's, that's, that's a systemic issue. Right. Right. So, but, but when somebody comes in and they're in a position where they need to set a boundary, but they can't, because that will, that means they're off the ship. (laughs) They set the boundary. Then it's, it's about slowly building that your own, you know, ground up going back to the beach. And it's very, very unsatisfying sometimes because it is about your own work. I, I think a lot of times when we're in, in panic mode or we've been hurt, we, we're looking for something that somebody will say that means it's 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 somebody else's job to fix this. So true. I'm right? yeah. <laughs> just like, tell me I'm right and he's wrong. And so he has to fix it and let's control him into fixing this. Yeah. And it's just never going to happen. And that's very unsatisfying. It can be very unsatisfying sometimes to say a healthy relationship is one where you can't control what the other person does. You just say, this is who I'm going to be in the relationship. And this is what I, how I will respect you. This is how I'm going to show up for you in this relationship. 
And I'm asking that that's how you show up for me. And if you can't do that, like be faithful, monogamous for me, monogamy is how I want to be in my relationship. If that's not what you want, then we cannot be in the same relationship because we have different expectations. Discover adventure, discover luxury, discover Moab with exclusive retreats for your next vacation or event. Wake up to amazing views only minutes from Utah's most breathtaking national and state parks and Moab's best shopping and dining. Enjoy your fully stocked vacation home with private pool and hot tub. Every room is a luxurious private suite, plus daily maid service and private chefs are available. Exclusive retreats. We're not your home away from home. We are better. Book today at ExclusiveRetreats.com. Yeah, I just want to say you said something. I mean, I know, I mean, I think infidelity is such a common thing over the years. And I have friends and family and different people who have experienced it at all different levels. I've seen situations where the price that the spouse pays um, to stay in that relationship, it is so disturbing sometimes of just the treatment that person will get male or female of, you know, I, they withhold sex for years. They say they're going to stay and work it out, but now they're going to withhold sex or they keep bringing it up and keep bringing it up. And the reason I'm asking this question is it seems so destructive, not only for the relationship, of course, but it also seems self-destructive that they're not just owning you. To me, it's like you, you either stay or you leave, but why are you living in this constant? So is that codependency? Cause they're trying to control the situation, but it's so negative. And I don't, eventually it seems like that person is just going to leave, but I've seen that behavior and I have seen it go on for years with people. And I'm surprised the other spouse even stays. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really sad, but so that's codependency then. Yeah, I like to look at it as this cost analysis. People's behavior is is pretty predictable based on what prices they have to pay. So if you're in a high demand religious culture and the price to pay for separating is high to both families, to your eternal progression, right? You are, you're, you're going to stay on that boat and you are going to control the hell out of it for the rest of your life. Like a martyr, bitter, controlling person. And there's nothing like betrayal to suck the soul out of us, to suck the juice out of our, our skin, like betrayal, because all we want to do is go back and make it not happen. (laughs) That's the only way, like it has to have not have happened. And there's no way to go there. So we can get so stuck in it, like forever, just stuck in the mud of that betrayal and like, and punishing that person forever because we can never have it not have happened. Like, so I feel for people that have gone through that. I've experienced a little work myself where it's like, I, I can't move past this. Right. And if you also have to stay on the ship because you don't have the ability to care for yourself or there, there are high prices to pay right? Then yeah, you become bitter. You become controlling, resentful. Resentful is that place where I can't set a boundary. And 
I don't necessarily want to be on your boat and in this relationship as much as I want to be a human that has love and safety and trust in my life. And if in order for me to have love and safety and trust in my life, I have to separate from you. (laughs) I would rather have that than the security of whatever this continued toxic situation is going to bring. Some people have higher prices to pay than I do, and I can't judge them for that. How, how can I judge their prices that they're paying? Right? I, I, I don't know the cost that they are weighing. Everyone is different. So figuring out a way to create safety for yourself. There are, you know, there are cultures where infidelity is, is just kind of more of an accepted thing. Right? I, I don't know how I feel about that. But they they have just created kind of like this is my safety. There are there are situations where women are men, whatever, they're just like, you do your thing as long as you provide this thing for me. Right. And I, I'm not saying if that's right or wrong. I'm just saying everyone has to figure out their own way of creating safety. And I can't judge someone else's path. Well, Gabby, I'm so glad you said that because it kind of comes back to also of having that conversation with your spouse, partner, whatever. I don't know. I know for me personally, I never, I never communicated with a spouse of, well, to me, this is what fidelity looks like. Infidelity looks like X. Our times have changed dramatically over the last 20 years with communication being very different, with access to different online platforms, we're actually engaging with somebody, video conferencing. We just have a different access, sexting. And now there is a new world out there where, and this is not a judgment thing, but just, I think it's opened up relationships. Do you have an open relationship? Do you, you know, setting those boundaries where I think before I'm old enough to say, we did not have those conversations (laughs) of, If you're having this conversation with a woman in this way, I look at that as that could be cheating or somebody else may say, yeah, if you kiss another woman, if there's physical, but you can have an emotional, like everybody's boundaries are so different. And I think you bring up a really good point of if just, I think we need to be having those conversations in our relationships so that, Hey, to me, this is who I am. And this is what I want to be in a relationship is what I feel like I'm getting from you. You're setting those boundaries. So they know. And I mean, how do you feel about that? Is that kind of come up for you too? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's about consent, right? Yeah. Consent. What have we consented to? And under what circumstances have we consented to this? Sometimes people consent under duress, right? A lot of, I, I, I had a time where I was seeing a lot of swinging couples And I was noticing that, yes, a lot of the women were consenting, but it was under duress because, you know, their marriage was on the way out. And so they consented to kind of a swinging dynamic. That's not all of them, but a lot of them that was, you know, they were consenting under duress. So, of course, right, there's a lack of safety there. And where there's a lack of safety, there's a lack of trust. There's a lack of everything is it's like something that is turned off in a safe relationship, like where everybody can feel relaxed and not monitored and just, you know, gets turned on. Right. And so I'm watching everything you do and I'm feeling hurt by everything you say. And I am, I am offended by all of your behaviors because I don't trust you. So I'm filtering everything through that trust. And then I become very nitpicky and, and intolerant and impatient. And, you know, once that trust is gone, 
the safety and the communication skills that we all have. I mean, most of us have communication skills. Those go away. So a couple will come in wanting to learn how to communicate again, and they know how to communicate. They just don't trust anymore. Yeah. Right. And betrayal can show up in a lot of different ways. I think we, we underestimate what like financial betrayal can look like. Yeah. Right. It's all about intimacy. If I let someone into my bank account, into my underwear drawer, physically space with that person, emotional intimacy, I want to be able to know that they will not exploit that access. Yeah. And sometimes we marry people that we wouldn't let, we we wouldn't go into business with because we wouldn't want them to have access to our bank accounts. I see women like, oh, he's really cute. I would never go into business with him. Like, okay, but see, that's an intimacy problem. Yeah. So we lose that. What would you recommend for, because our audience is predominantly women, just to, for women, what is, if they're questioning or worried, or you talked about people who it's interesting, who just, it's not happened, but they're putting it out there. If we have listeners out there that are thinking that, or they have experience, what is the best thing they can do to help themselves to get on a path to heal or to get away from the worry of, it's almost like, I feel like you, what you focus on expands. And if you're focused on it, it's going to happen. You're like making it come to light, but what can we do as women to take back control and live in a better space, especially if nothing has happened, you're just worried about it. But, but what, what do you think we can do? Last time we talked about, you know, self-regulation and figuring out our own safety for ourselves, right? Where do we feel safe? Where do we not feel safe? I was talking to someone the other day and and she was talking about anxiety and how she had just gone on medications for this anxiety, but we got to talking about her life right now. And she had just moved in to within a block from her in-laws and her mother. And she just had a new baby and um, her father-in-law is working with her husband. So she, she was in her home working, knowing that at any moment, somebody could come through her front door at all times, everybody had access and a key to her front door. And you can't medicate that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So the first thing is to be aware of like where you feel safe and what's interfering with that safety. You know, if you're at home and, and, and you're living with a person who is unpredictable in their behaviors, you know, and, and how they talk to you, if they're an addict, so that sometimes they show up as that addict person and they're not as safe for you. Like you can't medicate that. You can't come in and say, Hey, I'm really anxious and depressed. Help me to just be numb to the situation I'm in. So looking at your environment, where your safety is and what is compromising that safety is number one. And that's what I mean by fragility. Where are you fragile? Where, where do people have access to you that you have not consented to? Like taking back your power is saying, this is what makes me feel safe. And this is what does not make me feel safe. And if you ask my girls, my motto is mom, Gabby does what she wants. I do what I want. I go where I want. I do what I want. If I want to make dinner for you, I'm going to make dinner for you. If I don't, I won't. (laughs) I I create safety for myself because I am my best friend. I have a Gabby on the block version of me that will stand up for me on in hard times. So that my fresh, kind, 
accepting, warm, gentle Gabby can exist. So I have a version of me that will create space, say, oh, no, mother-in-law, hey, I'm going to come over and bring all the kids and we're going to, even though you're working, right? No, not today. Well, what do you mean? No, not today. That pleaser version of us can sometimes betray us and leave us feeling exposed and unsafe. And then we think, oh, I've got to go get medication for my anxiety. So that first one is having a version of you that's willing every now and again to drop down for you. I know that sounds awful, but it's true. (laughs) I'm a nice person, but I have a Gabby that is like, oh, 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 no, 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 hell no, 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 no. Right. So that's the first thing. Make sure your environment's safe. And if you're with an unsafe person, you know, then see if you can problem solve. People are complex. We meet our spouses in their 20s. You know, will they grow up? Who knows? (laughs) We don't know (laughs) if they're going to grow up or not. And some do and some do not. Yeah. Right. So staying in that marriage with an unsafe person will create a hypervigilant, anxious, resentful version of you. Wow. That just, that, that whole last segment that you just talked about is so powerful. If every female could get that. Oh my gosh. That's like a mic drop right there. So good. We just have to create our safe place. And sometimes that might mean us exploring, you know, can we take this marriage Maybe it's not going to be what it has been, and maybe we need to redefine it and start over. Or maybe we need to be exploring if the marriage might be at its term. And for us to be in a safe place emotionally, we're moving forward in a different path. Well, Gabby, I want to just say, I think this has been a really powerful topic. And I will say, from one who really didn't understand, I'm learning over time what codependency is. I don't know if a lot of people really understand it. I really appreciate that dive into that. And then also the dive, we, we, you know, going into infidelity in a marriage and just also kind of circling back to our safe space. I think this was a powerful episode and I really appreciate you diving into all those topics. You're welcome. Thank you for letting me ramble. We, there's just so much to talk about. We could probably so have done an, another hour with you and talked on so many topics, but we're not going to take up your Saturday. So tell us, tell our listeners where they can find you. I know that you probably have a full patient calendar. Yes. But- yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like being a, you know, a funeral director. How's business? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's- it's good. But I know you have a good social media. I just learned that yeah, you are so doing some good I, stuff there. And I'm, and I'm taking on a few other therapists, you know, slowly. I, I'm vetting them very carefully. So there, over the next few months, there will be openings. But you can find me at Mood Psychotherapy and Coaching. Um, also, you can just type in Gabby Acord and it will come up. I don't think there are very many of us out there. G-A-B-B-Y-A-C-O-R-D. You can also find that on Instagram if you want to go follow that. It's it's a silly little Instagram page that I have. <laughs> well, oh, I just God. learned about your Instagram page, so I was going to follow you this morning. Oh, were <laughs> yeah. You? Okay. Well, I great. Know. Yeah. Don't don't get too too excited. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, thank well you. one more thing, Gabby. Just one more sure. thing. We always ask our guests a question, 
And um, if you could go back and ask your 20 year olds or tell your 20 year old self something, what would that be? Oh, gosh. It's not as scary as you think it is. That's beautiful. You know, that the things that are terrifying you or keep you up at night or, you know, you'll get through them. And that you're, you're not as annoying and ridiculous as you think you are. (laughs) I'm a little annoying (laughs) and ridiculous, but that's okay. It's, it's, it's part of the best of you. The the things that you hate about yourself right now are the things that one day you're just going to cherish and love a little bit more. Oh, I love that. Gabby, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, you guys. Thanks for spending a great day. You too. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know. You can engage and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. 